Hello and welcome to another episode of Black Queens Republic. Carmen is back and we're talking. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Um, we're talking about the Karens today. I'm I'm excited because you and I have um direct experience with the apartheid king so we we know we know this firsthand we're gonna try to give people some tips you know especially the young ones who don't understand like how much racism is in the workplace it's it's astonishing Amen. I agree. I 100% agree. Like, you think and you've seen like, racism until you work with white women, and you're like, mm-hmm. yikes. Yeah, yikes. and then they cry when you tell them. They cry. Oh, my God. Whoa. They literally, they cry. They shed tears when you tell them that they are oppressing you. They literally are like, but my intent, like, it, it's, I need to interview a white woman not on this platform this is for blacks um and colored people um so i will never have a white person on this platform but i would like to speak to them i'm i'm wondering like do white women are white women raised to just like cry when they're wrong or like when they're in trouble um they're the like perpetual victim Right. Do you know what I mean? Because they're protected. White women are protected by everyone. Yeah. They're protected by racialized men. Mm-hmm. They're protected by white men. They're protected <sighs> by society. Yeah. Um, and a lot of women who are like white adjacent and off white will come out and protect white women because they think that they are them. Yeah. So they're protected and black women just sit there defenseless and sometimes call people out and then tears so yeah white (laughs) white women are afforded um fragility amen even though what is that bitch's name um lana del rey claimed (laughs) that she doesn't get to be fragile i'm like bitch all white women have been able to be is fragile well, yeah, the rest of us. Like, what she? This is a woman who made a career mm-hmm. out of singing like she forgot to give a fuck. She sings like she's suicide. wanting to commit suicide. Yeah. So I don't know what she's talking about. I was so. flabbergasted when I read <laughs> that. I was like, I know Lana Del Rey did not. No, she didn't. No, not not her. Like when we like when black women come out of the womb, they're like women <laughs> yeah. immediately. But these, you know, and when she said, "Oh, when we get to the third uh, phase of feminism," I'm like, "So you don't even know what the fuck you're talking about because we are already inside yeah. of the third phase dumbass. of feminism." You, like you tried it. Even when white women don't know what they're talking about, they still have the... Co- you know what? Uh-uh. I know. I know. It's too it's bad. How are it's you fair. dealing with the suffocation of whiteness at this time? Um, it's, um, it's, it's a lot. 
It's a lot. So I've actually been really fortunate in terms of work personally mm. in this. Okay. Sort of fortunate. So I, you know, my first job as a social worker, I was in definitely an all white space and I had to deal with like the worst people. Mm. Um, so that was like, but it was like a part-time job. It was like not that serious. So I wasn't that worried. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was able to detach myself, which is important when you're trying to, you know, maintain your sanity. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think for me, I worked in a space that was for people of color by people of color. Right. So everyone was racialized, but here's the thing. I personally feel, and this is just my perspective as somebody who is an off-white slash brownish lady, um, that you can still be a Karen. Oh, yes. Even if you're not white. And so it was oh, one yes. of the things I noticed <laughs> within the work that I was doing. I was like, you can say you're racialized all you want, but, like, you're still oppressing the shit out of all of these people. Mm-hmm. So that was, like, one of my experiences. And then, but I've been pretty fortunate where we can kind of, we can at least have camaraderie as a whole, making, like, white people jokes and, like, making fun of people's you know inability to wash their legs and lack of seasoning mm-hmm. but but i have i mean you and i worked in the space where like oh. i was astounded astounded at the whiteness Woo! Um, <laughs> so much so like when i left it like filled me with joy to like not be there but also like with so much fear as to what was going to happen to everyone left behind and i was mm-hmm. just like Oh, and we no. went through hell and brimstone when you left. I know. I didn't even get, I didn't, I only got the, like, the, like, tip of the iceberg in terms of, like, bananas, whiteness, oppression shit. Yeah. You guys got all of the rest. And brimstone. I know, I know for myself, what actually was really upsetting, and you know this, Jane, mm. was that after I, like, you told me this, but, like, for example, when I left my position... I then had to hear from you that somebody else had sent you a message, which, like, I thought was a little strange, um, to tell you to tell me that, like, I had done, yeah, I had, like, fucked them over. And I was like, yeah, what are you talking about? And then when I spoke to the person, I was like, just so we're clear, she told me that you all knew that I was leaving. Yes, she literally caused, and this person had, like, a little bit of beef and being like, well, you're unprofessional. Meanwhile. Meanwhile, I had told her as soon as I could, like I gave her note, like notice. Enough and notice. Then, and she kept telling me, she's like, well, I've talked to, you know, you know, it was the other manager from the other agency. And mm-hmm. she's like, I've talked to them. I've talked to him and like, we're figuring it out. Don't worry. We're going to sort it out. We're going to sort it out. And like, literally like two days before I'm leaving, I was like, I just need to send this email. Cause I, I got an email being like, Hey, we're just trying to sort this out. Let me know. And I think I, my response was like, I'm actually not going to be here anymore. Mm. And I like my mistake. And this is one of the things you learn when you work with a Karen is to like dot your I's and cross your T's and be like, I told them at this point that I wasn't going to be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But instead I was just like, sorry, like I'm, I'm leaving. I'm, you know, I'm so sorry, like, this is when I'm leaving, and at the end of the day, the message ended up being that I was unprofessional. Yeah, because she didn't say anything ever. When, in fact, I had been saying things, and I had been telling them to say things, and it, like, at the end of the day, that could, like, tarnish your reputation in the future, like, that can, Mm -hmm. like, hurt even friendships and relationships, and, like, this person had the audacity 
to like tell me everything was covered and then people knew and that it turns out nobody knew and the field is really small and so when when someone ruins your reputation with an agency it it could potentially like unless you because social work is interesting in that you go from sector to sector so you're like you can be in like hiv work or immigration work and this and so if you ruin your reputation in immigration you sort of like kind of have to leave and change sectors mm-hmm. so exactly. that's, so that's why i was just like so and i was honestly so angry and hurt and that mm-hmm. was just and that was just like somebody's like inability to do work because the thing about karens is that they'll be hired regardless of their qualifications regardless of if they're actually able to do the job and mm-hmm. i think this was a scenario where for me the harm was that this person did mm-hmm. not do her job properly. Right. Therefore, she didn't even know how to do anything. No, and therefore it tarnished my reputation. And on top of that, I had to deal with like some of the other ramifications that came with it after. Because, I mean, Jane and I, you know, went through documenting and like trying to get through, I guess, somewhat of an investigation mm-hmm. with this agency. And for my for my learning, what ended up happening was that somebody came forward to me um, who worked with us who was really upset, who had been hearing stuff that was going on, not even from myself even, but like from people who were volunteering for the agency, but weren't working for the agency and Mm -hmm. like was hearing drama and all sorts of other stuff and was just like, and then I would kind of be like, yeah, like, let me fill in the gaps. This is kind of what I know from what's going on. And then they were really upset and they were like, I want to support because they've been horrible. Mm -hmm. They've been awful. And I was like, okay I was like yeah I can help you like write something and I was like you have to write it and I will edit it and that is like what we're doing yeah you know and then for me my learning was that like it ended up being that the person was affected by everybody else's I guess like traumatic experiences yeah and then I was under the understanding even when I read this stuff it was like about a client and I was like that was my learning was I was like don't mix client and like worker shit that was my bad that was like the thing I had to figure out but I was just like oh no this person was pissed because they knew all these other predominantly like racialized folks Mm -hmm. were dealing with this piece of shit asshole and they were really upset about it and they wanted to do something because they felt powerless because they weren't in a position to be able to change things and I was like that sucks like those like ripple effects into other people's lives Mm mm-hmm that's really like insidious and shitty it it was crazy like it felt like it felt like a movie like at at a point we used to sit in the kitchen and be like do we work in a real place like (laughs) this is crazy but when my hair started falling out and like all the stress and Mm -hmm. I like I remember she I threw my job description at her when she tried to make me do something and, you know, and this sounds like I'm a terrible person, but if, like, trust me, just think of apartheid as a human and how racist um, those those people are. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, just, just being, like, just condescending and being like, oh, you're being insubordinate and, like... It, how you're giving me a job that was never mine to do and you're giving it to me the day of so i threw it and she's like it's on your job description i can show it to you so i went and printed off my job description from like a year ago and i threw it at her 
And then yeah. that's when I resigned because I'm like, if I stay in this position, another, <laughs> I'm going to beat her ass. And then I, I'm yeah. never going to be able to work again. Cause you know how it is the vulnerable sector check. <laughs> I'm never going to be able to work again. So I had, it was a permanent position and I was like, Oh my God. But, oh, mm. but I was like, no, 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 let me quit. No, that's fair. And the thing is with Karen's, they, unfortunately can survive and weather the storm better than other people because they have other Karens on their sides. Of course. And she's going to be able to show her white face. She was fired, by the way, guys, for her disgusting piece of shit behavior. But she's a white woman. She's a white queer woman. So she's going to be able to go to another agency and cry wolf and say that she knows the struggle because she's a white white South African who faced discrimination because she's a lesbian and then it's like everyone's going to feel bad for her and they're going to give her these big positions. Guys, she couldn't even... She didn't know how to... I remember she asked me how to turn on the the overhead. She didn't know how to use Excel. She's like, how do you guys change the colors on Excel? Like... I'm kidding. I did not know this. Yeah, no, she literally, when I tell you she did it, like, white women get to, white people get to be mediocre. Most mediocre. Like, and then get these higher up positions. And then you who's getting, like, 700 times less money than they are getting, you have to now do their job for them so they can take credit. Like, she mm-hmm. didn't even write any of the anything. It was the no. office manager who would write everything, and she would just sign. Because she didn't even have... As much as she grew up speaking English, <laughs> you'd think she would know how to write a grant. She couldn't even do that. I know. She was lazy. So she was just, like, an all-round, dirty-ass, terrible person. This is the thing, and I think... I think for young workers, first of all, understanding the first and most important thing I think to understand if you're getting into any job or any position at like an agency or an organization or company that like says that it is founded on, you know, supporting racialized people or supporting, you know, oppressed people in whatever way. Mm -hmm. Do not. And I say this not to be like awful, but Mm -hmm. do not get your hopes up. Yeah. That they are going to treat you any differently. Mm-hmm. Because I've been in like spaces that are, you know, for people of color. I've been in spaces that are like young women centered. I've been in spaces now, you know, and all sorts of different spaces. And I'm like, what the hell is happening? Mm-hmm. Because when people are, in, I honestly feel like one of the big issues is that there are people that are in power and they either choose to like not see what's happening and mm-hmm. just like just let things slide and then let managers just be pieces of shit. Or the ones that are in power, like the executive directors, the CEOs, whatever, are horrible, horrible people who just get to be horrible. Yeah. Because so they're like, permitted to do that. Yeah. Exactly. And so I think I think it's important to just remember that and, like, keep yourself safe. And, like, no job, as much as we're trying to, you know, make money and, and, and pay bills and everything – also remembering that like no job is worth your health mm-hmm. to that point um but also i think i mean i've done this whole thing i did i used to do this like accessibility presentation where i would train managers on like how to deal with um like how to work on policy
policies for people Mm -hmm. with disabilities. And so I remember there was a time where I mentioned, you know, to workers, you know, about the same training. And I was telling them, I was like, you need to like come together and like work together, which is what you did and what the staff did. And Mm -hmm. that's how that ended up changing. I don't know how much better it is now. I would assume it's much better, but it's much better. There's, you know, the thing, the thing I was going to say is, when you see an uh, a job that says that they're all about diversity and they're all about inclusion and intersectionality and then you go to the job interview and everyone in management is white forget it they Run. they do not care and Run. i say that the least you can do is not have expectations because that is a bald-faced lie it's mm-hmm. exactly. it's like they do not give a fuck about diversity. If they're no. all, the people making decisions are all white, it's white supremacy all the way. And and that's what I had to learn from this job, that just because because like ninety eight percent of the clients are black, mm-hmm. and yet you hate black people. Like I don't get it. Like what the fuck is your problem? Get another fucking job. Any other job. So my, I would say, like, if you see diversity, intersectionality, we only care, we care about people who come and do this. Just know, when you go into that job interview and all you see is white faces, they don't give a fuck about diversity. Simple. No, you need to run. You need to run. Yeah. But that's why, for me, I think one of the things, so first of all, I did my interview with this agency mm-hmm. um and it was like the uh, one other like racialized person or like off-white person and a white person mm-hmm. and I did the interview and I'd heard about this agency for years and years from like being in the sector in other ways and I just remember Jane I was literally I, can, I almost feel like I could smell it like I was just like sitting at my desk you could smell the, the white office. supremacy and it was the first time I heard her because I didn't I'd never met the executive director and they're like oh Mm -hmm. the executive director is going to come down and I heard the accent Mm, 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 mm. and it like chilled me to my core because I was like are you telling me that that the executive director of this agency that supports mostly like black people is is, a white South African is a white South African when I tell you I told my mother that same week my mom was like how's the new job and I was like it's good. I was like, the people seem really nice, um, but the executive director is a white South African. And my mother's exact response was, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I think it was it was interesting. I mean, for you, I don't know if you... I had I I didn't, but my age my other agency I don't know what happened if she quit or she got fired or what, but I worked at another agency where um, a manager ended up leaving or like one day being there one day not being there and she was really awful um and so Mm. this is like the second time this happened but it was after the fact like after I left Mm -hmm. um but like I guess I never really asked you like how did you guys all come together and like I I was in the preliminary steps of coming together and speaking to the board but Mm -hmm. like how did you guys get to like the end point like what happened you know we this was like the last like this was the time when 
there were only two senior workers at the agency. Like there was just me and I had only been there a year. So imagine me being a senior <laughs> at the agency. And then the other person had only been there for two years. Everybody else was new. The turnover was crazy. And so we were getting a lot of pushback about everything. Like this person, you know, can't handle the debit card. The, the, uh, or the programs were getting cut out. You know, she was literally, when she started to, to affect the clients who are already low income. Mm -hmm. I remember. She was starting to make their lives a live, even more of a living hell. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we we sat in the, in the, in the thing, in the boardroom and we're like, okay, we're doing this shit. This is it. Yeah. This is bullshit. And it's time to it's time to try to do something about it. And we just like, I just remember us all just getting up at the same time. And one person being like, okay, I'll start the email. The other one's like, okay, I'll edit. Okay, I'll do this. Okay, I'll send my part. Like, we were all just like, this is such bullshit. And we're done with this bitch. And, um, um, y you know, it was just like, this is, this is it. it and we had such, a, like, the mental health effects were crazy yeah. can you speak to like what are the mental health effects that you know like you experience you know dealing with white women taking up space in the workplace and how did um, you deal it's been an interesting journey I think for me it's oh god it's been really rough I know in that scenario it was really hard for me Mm -hmm. because you know it is about figuring out like do I maintain my job and of course it's a small industry that we're in it's a small sector mm -hmm. um you know you don't want to have the reputation of being explosive you don't want to have the reputation of having you especially know, being women of color and a black woman yeah. yeah so like there's so much that you can't do or you can't say or you like hold back a lot on mm -hmm. so there would be I know near the end there were moments like I didn't want to leave Mm -hmm. um really like I think if things had maintained had stayed the way they were like when you came mm -hmm. right like if things had been kind of one of those things where like our manager was our manager and she was gonna stay our manager mm -hmm. and like all of those things I would have been fine yeah um or, like fine -er. but this was a situation where she was just like you know like trying to my last paycheck make it as small as possible and telling me that I couldn't take time off for my like, my partner had passed away and his dad, his uh, stepdad died. Mm -hmm. But, like, I'm still very close to his family, even though he died. Mm -hmm. And, like, she was like, no, you can't take time off. Can you imagine? Like, it'll be unpaid. I'm like, I am two weeks, I'm almost done. And it's obviously, like, I, there was vacation I hadn't taken. Mm -hmm. She didn't want to pay me out. She basically wanted me to just, like, work. Yeah. So... The other thing with that was that, like, by the last two weeks, I'm, like, grieving a death mm -hmm. while it's my last two weeks. I'm not coming in. I didn't come into work, and I was so upset by that whole situation, and I was so, like, done by it. I didn't go to the funeral. I didn't go anywhere. I stayed home and cried. Oh, my God. Because that's how overwhelming it was, and that's mm -hmm. why I tell people, like, no job is worth that level of stress. Yeah. Um and, like, oftentimes I think we try and be like, oh, but the clients and, like, everything else. And, like, yes, yes they're yes. struggling and we're trying. But mm -hmm. the other thing is just, like, what good are we going to be to them if we're, like, half-dead zombies who never come into work? Right. Like, it's just not, I don't know. I think it's just, like, finding a balance. But I definitely 
had to get the fuck out of there. And I told her, I was like, I'm not coming in. Like, I'm, you know, someone died and, and you're just like, oh, okay. She didn't ask me how I was until a week after it happened. Because like, she's I Satan. Told her, I told her to her face. I told it to her face. The like, he died that same morning. And I told her in the afternoon and she didn't even ask me if I was okay. Mm-hmm. So those are the type of people. And then I later found out that all she did was like cry and like sob and like talk about like her in-law who was dying. And I was like, hmm. Who was very- 103? Yeah, that's why I was like, um, what? So yeah. I think, I definitely think that it impacts your mental health. You have to be quiet because if they're in a position of power, they can definitely, you know, like ruin <laughs> fuck up your shit as mm-hmm. I like to say mm-hmm. um if they're not in a position of power and they are uncomfortable with something and you're in a space that's like mostly white guaranteed you're gonna get a call from like HR from a manager being like you're being very um aggressive or you're being very like uh unprofessional when you're just like sometimes you're just very calmly telling somebody like this isn't okay mm-hmm. um I just think it's exhaust, like it's exhausting. It's yeah. so exhausting to work for these people because it's like the level of entitlement is there, and then also you have to like, if you're worried about your income, you're worried about your next paycheck. Like that's yeah, and know. which, which a lot of us are uh, blacks and uh, the coloreds. You know, very rarely are we in positions where we just have a vault of money that we don't give a fuck about where we're well, working. But they do. But they they always have vaults of income, so they don't care. Now, you know, I want I want you to speak more in a sense of like, because if we're being honest, we live in a predominantly white place. We Uh are constantly bombarded with whiteness. They're constantly in positions of power. Yeah. And so the idea that we're never like the idea that we can avoid Karen's is is a lie (laughs) we're we're never never going to avoid white people and their bullshit and it's not even I'm not talking about you know I'm talking about white people who believe that they are better like this idea of white supremacy it's just not going anywhere Mm -hmm. and how can you make sure that because we don't just have to deal with the bullshit at work. We got to deal with it outside. We have to see ourselves represented in media in a disgusting way. We have to watch people that look like us being killed. We can't undress ourselves of these bodies when we leave the workplace. And so how can we then make sure that when we are in the workplace working with Karens that we are mentally taking care of ourselves? Is that even possible? I mean, I think it's, like, like one of the things you guys did. And to be honest, I feel like it should have happened faster. Even before you got there, like, one of the first questions I asked mm-hmm. when I got to the space was, um, are you um, are you unionized? Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, the answer was no. Of course not. <laughs> um, the answer was no. And then it was, like, puz- like, puzzled at why I would ask that. And I was just, you know, thinking, I... I said, you know, it's about coming together and figuring out, like, it doesn't matter how small a staff you are, because we were really small staff, you should right. be able to unionize, and, like, if not unionize, at least organize in some way, because if shit ever hits the fan, like, you need to be able to come together, and that mm-hmm. obviously didn't happen at the time, 
because things were fine and that's kind of the norm in our society so especially in our industry of helping yeah oh a hundred percent so that's why my whole thing is always like find your people Mm -hmm. and when I say find your people they don't doesn't mean they have to look like you doesn't mean anything it's just find people that you know are gonna have your back Mm -hmm. at the end of the day so for me like you know, like Jane would be someone, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I guess in that workplace, like I didn't really have an issue with anyone other than that one human, but right. <laughs> I, but there's been spaces where I've, where like, and worked places where I've had to be very careful. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like helped me maintain my mental health is to have people that you can vent to freely mm-hmm. that you work with where you two can, or you guys can like all vent with each other mm-hmm. without worrying about somebody going to the manager or um, you can come together and like strategically find ways to challenge that person um, without it being one person being targeted as being argumentative. So like, for example, setting up, setting it up so that when you have meetings um, and you know, someone's going to bring up some stupid shit because they always do Mm -hmm. be like today, this week, it's going to be you. I'm going to need you to be, to like stand up for whatever and be like, Oh, I don't know how I feel about this. I I think we should maybe try this instead. And then everybody else's task is to chime in and be like, I agree Mm -hmm. or like give a head nod or whatever. Um, and like, that's what your team does. And I think what's really funny. And one of the things I've realized is that one of the best defenses against a Karen Mm is uh an anti-karen which is like the rare rare find of a white person mm. who actually doesn't want to be a karen so Ooh, yes uh. girl the one who is like but my intention was this and you know <laughs> but i was i was just trying to be a world division sponsor there's no way i'm like, racist oh, fuck yourself. exactly so mm. those people you need to be careful because those <clears> are the people that will you over oh yes and so you need to watch out like there are i've worked with white people who have strategically put themselves on the line mm-hmm. because that is what they are supposed to be doing when mm-hmm. another white person is terrorizing us mm-hmm. but there are also white people who have said that they've put themselves on the line and talk the talk and don't so yeah. like finding that person and being able to find like if you can find a white person who's actually going to step up and be like oh whoever you are, Karen, I don't agree with you on this. I think it's really detrimental to the staff. Good luck. Finding that person, I think helps a lot. Mm -hmm. But then like coming together, being able to vent about it, organizing in ways that are helpful. Like if that means unionizing, you unionize or like whatever. Um, Group letters were a thing that worked for us, right? Mm -hmm. Like signing group letters and like letters of concern and everything else is really important. And you know what I often hear, like, never go over someone's head. But my whole thing is, like, you have to let that chip sink. Mm-hmm. If the, I feel like people in this country are so bananas stuck on this idea that you need to make the person understand. Yes. But, like, why are you wasting your energy? This is what I had been telling people. I was like, you tell this person once. Mm-hmm. If they're not listening, they're not listening. You move it the fuck along, and you can take the next step and go to somebody else. Exactly. Or you either like you either go like you know what I tried, or you then go to whoever's above that person, right? And do it that way because like I feel like so many of us are wasting our energy being like, well, this doesn't make sense. If she only understood, like, why is she not understanding? She's making such stupid decisions, and, and it- it's like, why are you fighting? You clearly they're not listening. You right. Major point. Stop. And the Karens, there's a fucking reason why we call them Karens is because 
they refuse to acknowledge that they're bitches. And someone said something on um, this podcast that, like, you know, white women, white Karens want to be slaves so bad. Like, if Mm -hmm. slavery involved white women, you would never even hear that black people were slaves because they just want to be oppressed so bad. But at the same time, at the same motherfucking time, want to be the kings. They want to be superior, but also have this idea that, oh, I, I was also enslaved. Like, yeah, what the fuck? I told you, they're the perpetual victims of our society. God like, damn it. Yeah, and so <sighs> that's, why, that's why I think, like, I think a lot of us are trying, like, I think, great, give people the benefit of the doubt the first time. Mm-hmm. Especially, it depends on your industry. If you're working in, like, the helping profession and somebody you know, like a Karen or whoever is making an asinine decision that's going to like harm the clients. I always say, or harm whoever you're trying to support. Mm -hmm. Always like say your piece and say your point. But then it's times where like, okay, for example, this person, she's telling, you're reading this grant, Mm -hmm. for example, let's say, and it's telling you to do it this way. And she's like, no, do it that way. And you're like, but it says to do it this way. And she's like, no, 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 you misunderstood. Mm -hmm. You have to do it the other way. You best believe I'm going to do it the other way. And the other thing I'm going to do is I'm going to document it, email you, and be like, oh, as per our conversation, Mm -hmm. you asked me to do this. Or I'll just be like, hey, just clarifying, just wanting to clarify, you had asked me to do it this way. Um, Just making sure that that's what you meant. Mm -hmm. Because at least you're covering your ass. Right. And when this person comes back and is like, how this wasn't how it was supposed to be done at all. You can be like, but see how I emailed you on right. this day at this time right. and asked you for clarification. Exactly. And you despite me telling you you were wrong, you insisted. And that's that what they right. specialize in doing. Um, my final question is now, if white people ever, white women, white men ever happen to listen to this podcast, because you know Karen specialize in being shocked that they're being called fucking bitches and racist ass rats, you know. They literally are like, oh, what do you mean? I love the blacks. I'm a member of the Foster Plan International. I sponsor Little Mobutu. What do you mean? How can... Oh, my, favorite, my favorite is, but my children are biracial. Oh, don't... E- you know, we don't even have time to get into that. <laughs> what I want to ask you is, what advice do you have to white women... How do you know you're a Karen? How do you know you're uh, taking up space? Uh, well, uh, I would say that uh, you like as a Karen, you're always taking up space. But yeah. my whole thing is like, and and you'll never know. You'll never know necessarily that you're taking up space. But my whole thing is always think about not just the intention, but like what what it does, like why. That's what I used to tell people in my trainings. Like, mm-hmm. why are you speaking? Like, I was very intentional to be like, men like to talk and state their opinion constantly. Mm-hmm. Why is it? Why is it that straight men do it so much more than any other group of people? Yeah. What's going on there? Right. Um, and so being able to take the time, for example, in meetings. And if you have something to say, think about how is this going to improve the conversation mm-hmm. like how is this going to improve the conversation mm-hmm. and then is this going to be supportive to people who may not have um like have the privilege to talk in the way that i can if the answer is like it's not going to support anyone but you 
Right. And your racialized people around you are not going to gain anything from this, from you saying this shit. Mm -hmm. Then you shut the fuck up. Just shut it. So basically, basically ignore all your natural instincts. Amen. No, you have to. Like, (laughs) I have friends who God bless them. You know, I have a few white friends who are really like really trying to like be better and be different and not be like that and like but that's a privilege for you to even be like i'm just gonna try not to be disgusting exactly and so that's the other thing but i've at least had the the like privilege to see it in person to see what that looks like and like Mm -hmm. for example having like i have one friend who um when stuff was going on with um not even just black lives matter but like there was conversation about like um, pride and trans folks and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, like she works at a huge corporation and she's white and mm-hmm. she's young and she's blonde. Mm-hmm. Um, the corporation mm-hmm. put up like an outdated uh, trans pride flag. It didn't have black, the black and brown stripes. Mm-hmm. And it's like small. It's not, it doesn't really mean much in terms of like, if you're doing like other bigger work, but mm-hmm. you know, that is supposed to be the symbol for racialized folks, like mm-hmm. racialized trans folks and, and who they are. So my friend, like, sent a quick email to, like, whatever market, whoever came up with the symbol that they were going to put all over their shit and was like, oh. could you do me a favor? And she's like, if we are, because it was like, you know, a statement of, like, inclusion or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, we stand with whoever. And she was like, if you're going to do this, this is the flag you should do- use. This is the thing with the Karens. Do not look, and thank you for bringing that up, because it's like, Put the work in your anti-racism. Yeah, and like put in the work, put in the effort. This corporate multi-million-dollar corporation Mm -hmm. paid somebody who didn't even give enough fucks to like pick the like pick an updated. Can you? And they probably hired a white person to do anything with BLM, which is like drives me fucking crazy. You guys don't have sense. Well, yeah, that's when my white friend, like she messaged me and she was like, so this just happened. And I just messaged like the, the like marketing, whatever the team was Mm -hmm. was corporation. Right. When she was like, she's like, cause I'm astounded that they like, she's like, I know I get it. Like people are like, no, whatever. Trans folks, like it's like not on their mind. And she's like, but it should be like, you yeah. know, the type of work that we do, like, I don't understand. And so she, she like sent them an email and was like, yeah, this isn't okay. And I think having people like that on your side, like nothing is more dangerous to a Karen mm. than a white woman who isn't a Karen. And I know they're rare. They're very rare. Extremely rare because breed. white people from the beginning of time are raised to believe that they're superior and so they have to unlearn that they're not superior and of course it's it's hard because privilege feels great you know when you have privilege of course it's 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 something that feels good but it's like you have to be willing you have to be willing enough to climb out of your own ass and do the work and it's not the job of people of color or the blacks Mm -hmm. to educate you or to tutor you we're already dealing with our own bullshit (laughs) talk less of having to sit you down and be like okay so like you know when you do this that's weird don't do that shit oh by the way you don't have to ask me why my english is so good that is also weird (laughs) 
and oh my braids you cannot you don't have to actually say anything i'm not looking for a compliment we can actually not speak to each other if that's all you have to say it's yeah, okay exactly. not to talk exactly. to me you know that's and it's exactly. like well that's what i was saying that's what i was like do if the you're work. Ever having conversation always think about like what is my intention behind this exactly and also, who is it serving because like that's why i i don't I like I'm I'm also not okay with people being like teach me and that's why I'm saying I know that they're a rare breed. I'm not saying that they're easy to find. They're like in my lifetime, extremely rare. Thirty years, <laughs> I have found two. Count it, two non-Karen women, white women in my life. I I will oh. be honest. I don't know any. Uh, the only non-Karen woman I know is um, like I know person. I don't even know any personally. I will say Meryl Streep. She seems like oh you see yes but I don't know these women personally so I don't no, know so that, but that's why I'm saying you know be a Jane Fonda yes are you making Jane Fonda proud that's what you need to ask Karen you yes. know they're all out here loving Jane Fonda you just ask them are you but being Jane, Jane Fonda, Fonda calls white women out on their bullshit yeah exactly so are you doing that mm-hmm. are you keeping quiet. Are you being like, mm, it's not my job to, to tell black people what to do? Mm. Are you? Because if you're not, then you're falling short, my friend. You are trash. And I'm going to end on that note, Carmen. We, I feel like we've given people, you know, we've, we, we, we didn't even have to, but we, we taught you white women some, some things. So <laughs> you, yeah, you should be thankful. Yeah, I'm surprised when I think about the type of people that maybe listen to different podcasts because I... <laughs> I listen to this like Latino podcast with like Mexicans mm-hmm. and like they get fan mail and half the time it's like these white guys and I'm like yeah but but why half of this is in Spanish yeah is this just to like just to and why are you giving your opinion yeah only again only white people have the audacity because of that superior superiority complex and um it is what it is i think honestly my advice is as people of color as black people we just have to know our plight in this world and work accordingly you have to unfortunately find a spot in your life where you just give zero fucks do not allow anything to get to you just be like oh the whites have struck again and keep going that's the attitude you have to have because if i keep thinking that somehow i'm gonna find a white community or a white woman that is not is not trash that's too much of me expecting too much of human beings so i've just decided that when when i see the bullshit i'm like yep sounds about white and then i keep it pushing i keep it pushing but carmen thank you for coming please come back it's always fun to yes, have you sure. on the podcast and uh, guys we'll see you in two weeks bye-bye Amazing.